Hello. Yeah. Cool. Good. Uh, whenever you're ready, man. Hello and welcome to Philosophy with Will Anderson. I am Will Anderson from the title of the podcast. Well, this is not an official episode of Philosophy. This is a a bonus episode, an in-between episode. Look, here's basically what has happened, uh, is that we've done a hundred. We've done a hundred original episodes of Philosophy. Now, that actually, there's been... All right, you know what? I'll just get Podcast Mike in. Hello, Podcast Mike. Hello. Sadly, I don't qualify for an official episode of Philosophy. Well, but not, not yet. <laughs> this is not like a sit down with... You know what? Let, when we get to 200, right? We'll think about we it. We can think about whether we sit down and we get an official, you know, yeah, Podcast Mike Philosophy. But <laughs> at the moment, how long have you been involved in the podcast? Oh, I think about... Maybe 18 months or just under 18 months now. And how many times have I tried to quit the podcast in that time? <laughs> I'd say only once, actually. Yeah, only once. Yeah. About this time last year, there was a, a yeah. big chance that the podcast was never, ever going to come back. Uh, but um, through a bit of coercion from a whole bunch of people in my life, uh, including Podcast Mike, who stayed loyal, despite <laughs> the fact that I brought him on to help produce the podcast, and then I decided I was quitting the podcast. Yeah. Um, it was a hard time for me, but I got through it. <laughs> uh, you did a bunch of compilation episodes up until Christmas last year, which I thought were fantastic. And what we're hoping we might do, so some of this is news to you, even podcast might. But, yeah. Uh, so basically, the reason we're having this today is there's been 100 original episodes of, um, of Willosophy. Uh, there's been a bunch of the compilation ones that podcast might did. Uh, we're going to use this opportunity now that we're 100 podcasts in. So in the next week or two, Maybe even by the time you're hearing it, but I, I don't think by the time you're hearing this, um, well, I guess it depends on when people are hearing this, but uh, <laughs> is that we're going to have a Patreon page. Yes. And so the idea behind a Patreon page, if people don't know what Patreon is, it's like a, it's kind of like an organized crowdfunding, but instead of saying to everybody, hey, we need this much money now, it's a weekly contribution. So you can go to our Patreon page, you can contribute, say, say you like the podcast, there's been a hundred of them so far, you're thinking, all right. That's worth like $5 a month. I enjoy the podcast. You can sign up. That means we know how much money is coming in every month, yep. which means that Podcast Mike can get paid for his work that he does on the show. Uh, Mike Hell, our uh, US producer who edits it all together, can get paid for his work. And uh, James Fosdyke, who does all the original art, can get paid for for his role on the show. And mm. um, and I think you can pledge as little as like a dollar a month, yes. which is which isn't which is great. And if a lot of people do that, then there's, then it ends up being a, a nice little amount of money that we can spend towards funding the show and all the people that work on the show. Exactly. Um, Cause you don't make any money off the show. No. You do this out of your own goodwill. And I think a lot of people appreciate that. Um, so it would be, yeah. it, it'd be great to have. It's fair like, to say that people in my personal life don't appreciate that quite as much. Yes. Podcast Mike. So, <laughs> yeah, so some people in my personal life are like, you're spending a lot of time talking to strangers and not yeah. a lot of time talking to me. Um, so it's, it, it's a reasonable commitment to do this podcast. And so we thought a hundred was like a good time to introduce this. So you've, you've got a hundred podcasts already. So maybe you think, okay, well having a hundred, hundred podcasts, it's worth this amount of money. But what we try to do now, and we've had a pretty good run at it. And I wanted to wait until I was convinced that we could continue to do it weekly, but mostly through the hard work of podcast, Mike, we now have put out this show weekly for all of this year. And yeah. uh, I think that we're a fair chance to put it out weekly for the rest of the year as well. I think so too. But I should say that you've mentioned that it's a lot of my hard work, but what I really do is just send a lot of uh, text messages during the week to you 
Mike Hell and James Fosdyke are uh, telling them vaguely what's going on, and then they edit. Mike edits together the podcast, and James does the artwork. So, uh, I can't say I'm responsible for the show coming out every week. It's a lot to do with them as well, which well, is great. Yeah, that's lovely of you to say. <laughs> but without that coordination, it wouldn't be happening. Is the point? You yeah, are the okay. key cog in the middle. Okay. Everybody, well, that's, that's I'm nice. good at this bit of it, the interviewing people bit of it. Yeah, but I'm no good at what happens after that. And I'm not really that good at lining up guests. Occasionally, I'll line up a sneaky guest behind your back. Yes. But... And, and I can't draw. That's why we need Foss. So... <laughs> I, I assume you can't draw good portraits like James Fosdyke as well. I can't. And I have no idea how to edit a podcast together. There we go. That's why we need all these people. Exactly. It's, yeah. It's a team effort. And uh, <laughs> people ask about you know doing live shows. They ask about merchandise. Uh, these are all questions that I get. And people have requests also about different guests that they could have on the show. We, I only have really one rule with the podcast, which is I want to be in the same place as the person when I have the conversation. To me, to get what I want out of the conversations that I have with these people, which is, it's not a traditional straight interview. Like what I'm looking for is more to create a connection with somebody and then get into an interesting conversation about something. But I never know what that something is at the start of the episode. And so much of how I take my cues for the interviews is by watching the guest, what they're responding to, what their eyes light up when they talk about, or the opposite of that, which is when you bowl them up a question and it's clearly something, their voice is saying the right things, but their eyes are saying, please, I don't want to talk about this. I, I try to be very cognizant of that and feed off their energy. And I find it almost impossible to do if we're not in the same place. Mm. So a lot of the time interviews go by just because I couldn't get in the same place as that person. Um, earlier in the year, we decided that we would fly to Sydney for Rox Roxanne Gay because I thought, you know what, it's worth it. I, I've always been a big admirer of hers, and um, so I booked a flight up to Sydney. And uh, it turns out that didn't yeah, happen sadly, in the end. That didn't eventuate, which was which was a massive shame. Mm. But um, I think you're right, especially like often we get asked, "Oh, could we do this one over the phone?" And I kind of just have to say no because I I don't think the podcast would work with someone being on a, on a phone line because it, it's, it's certainly the, uh, I guess the intimacy of two people being in a room, having these conversations that really makes the podcast shine at times that just wouldn't, as you said, it wouldn't translate over like a Skype call or a, a phone call. It really does need to be a face-to-face -face meeting and conversation. And that's what really makes this podcast shine. I think. I, I certainly think when I like it the most, is those moments where there's somebody who sometimes I know very well, sometimes that I barely know at all, mm. who is offering me something very unique, something very intimate from their life. And I guess you like to think that the reason that the, that people come to play, that, that they give us such intimate information and opinions and share these things with us is that we create a safe environment for them to do that. And I just think it's really hard for to do that over the phone or mm. even down in what they call an ISDN line, which is what you know, radio studios use a lot of the time when two people in, we could sound like we're in the same place, but we wouldn't be in the same place. Mm. And so there are a couple of opportunities coming up where I could fly, like one of the ones that we're working on at the moment, I can say this because it'll either happen or it won't happen. But um, one of the people that is on my dream list of people I'd like to have on this podcast is Taika Waititi. I'm such yes. a huge fan of Tykers and there is an opportunity later in the year to interview Tyker. And originally it was pitched as a, would you be interested in doing a philosophy D 
down the line, down an ISDN line. Mm -hmm. And there was a part of me that was like, oh, he'd almost be the person where I'd be like, I, I won't obey my own rule. I'll break it for Taika. But then I was like, if we actually had some money coming into the podcast, what I would actually do instead is I'd find a time, if he can only do it in New Zealand, it's yep. only a three hour flight to New Zealand, mm. you know, I just get on a plane, go over to New Zealand, do the interview with him face to face and fly back. But to be able to do those sort of things, it's nice to have a little money in our budget. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and to, yeah. And without wanting to share too much, we do get offered advertisers for this show and occasionally you hear an advertiser on this show, but I don't love having advertisers on the show. If we could get to a point where we didn't have to rely on advertisers to be able to put the show out weekly and know there was some money there to do those sort of things, then um, that would be ideal. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I guess from from me as someone who's been working on this podcast for the last little while, I, I, obviously I wasn't there from the start. At the start, it was almost like a project that you ran by yourself. Well, it was. Yeah. yeah well, it at was, the okay, start, it was just, yeah. I was doing it all by myself. No yeah. Doubt. And I, I wonder just, just on a little bit of background on the podcast for people who might not know, did, did you, when you set out to do this, was there a time where you were trying to discover what the podcast was, or did you always want it to be this sort of authentic, real conversations about real life issues and, and, and all the things you talk about on the show. What, what did you see it as? I didn't, that's a, thank you for that question. That's a good question. Um, if you're ever sick, I'll write, I can run an interview for yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, man. You know that how this works. I start introducing <laughs> you here and then suddenly podcast, I'm suddenly sick because podcast Mike's been poisoning me before big interviews. He's flying over New Zealand to interview Tyker. It's my um, grand plan. I originally, I started it because I had this theory that all interviews, like particularly those in conversation interviews ended up being the same, which was that they were a bunch of things that the researchers had found somewhere on the internet. And then they would string them together into some sort of story of, you know, that person's life. But the truth is that you could have put the, together those answers as well if you'd just been willing to spend five hours Googling. Mm -hmm. You know, you would have heard that story they've already told about this. You would have heard that story they've already told about this. And so when I started out, I knew that I, I didn't want it to be a... I've always said to people, if you want to hear a great interview, Andrew Denton's a great interviewer. Um, go and listen to Conversations, Richard Feidler's show on the ABC. There's some great interview shows out there. But I didn't want that this to be that. I wanted it to be about how did you feel when you were doing that? Or let's have a conversation about something that you're interested in having a conversation about. And through hearing that conversation, people will learn something about you that they couldn't Google already or that mm. they couldn't find in any other interview. So trying to, rather than what happened, the idea of it was meant to be, how did you feel when that thing happened? One of the things that when I send emails out to, to whoever we're trying to reach out to, to be guests on the podcast, I often try to avoid using the word interview altogether, um, which is something I think I picked up from you when I started working on the show. I always try to use the word uh, conversation or conversational style show. Um, and I, I, I obviously don't correct people when they're like, how long is the interview? I, I just try to avoid using that word because I think that philosophy isn't an interview. It's a, it's a long form conversation. Um, and that's sort of one of the things that makes it unique in a way. Re uh, 
on 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 you again. What are some of the episodes that I I know all the episodes are, are really great. Are there any real standouts to you, like ones that really really uh, interested you or just shocked you or anything like that? I part of the reason that I wanted to yeah do this today and yeah take a moment for us to acknowledge because the amount of feedback we've been getting around the podcast from people recently. And when I say feedback, I'm not talking about necessarily, Hey, the podcast is great or I'm enjoying the podcast, but because of stories that have been shared on the show, whether it be through Clementine Ford, whether it be through Wayne Schwass, um, M Rusciano being back on the show. Um, there's been a lot of really personal messages where someone will share an aspect of their life or their story. A good example of that, one that people really responded to earlier in the year was uh, Dilrook's episode. Dil's episode, still, I will often just wake up and have a message from somebody who's listened to the Dil episode and got so much out of that episode. So my feedback on it is so often informed by what gets shared with me from something that our guest has said. And, you know, the Schwatter one in particular, I mean, you, you saw some of it and then some people contacted me privately, but there were people sharing very intimate stories of their life, of their anxiety or depression or suicidal thoughts with me, which, you know, it w- was tough in itself. Like, I'm, I mean, you're so glad that it, people responded to the episode, but I left that episode six weeks from when we yeah. recorded it. And the reason was that I myself wasn't feeling in a place where I had a suspicion that that sort of feedback was going to come out of that episode. And I wasn't in a place where I felt like I could handle hearing those stories, that I could handle having that extra emotional weight on me during that time. So I I intentionally waited until a time where I was like, okay, I'm feeling a bit better about where my head's personally at and sort of where my mental health's at, that I can actually respond to the feedback around this episode. For me, one of the ones that I found the most personal and intimate was the second Dan Sultan episode. Mm. The idea that, you know, we had had, as you know, we'd had a Dan Sultan episode in the can and then uh, he had that incident at the gig and they asked us not to play it. And we had, we not, we didn't play it. We kept it, but you know, like a, a good period of time passed and we reconnected and the fact that Dan was willing to come in and let us play the old episode, but also record an entire new episode about where his life was now. I guess they're the ones that I've been enjoying recently, which is that opportunity to catch up with someone again. That's why I like catching up with M was like, here's where M's head was at a year ago. And now here's where M's head's at now. And to be able to show that, you know, the idea that none of us are stuck in one place and we're not going to always believe the same things we believed a year ago or two years ago. I, there's one coming up. I, you, you don't even know about this. Have you, this is another secret. <laughs> another secret, secret one recording. I did behind your back. Oh, so two famous lost episodes that we still haven't uh, yes. made up for. Uh, Jason Byrne and Kitty Flanagan. Mm-hmm. Well, only one lost episode now to make up for because Kitty Flanagan came around to the house the other day. And Great. Uh, Kitty was worried that she was like, well, what if I just repeat all the same stuff? You'll be bored. And I said, well, it's been over a year since we had that last conversation. I imagine we'll talk about just completely different stuff. And we did. Yeah. It was just a different conversation because people are different people 
a year apart. Mm. So that idea of checking back in with people, like I'm looking forward to having the opportunity to say, find a Todd Sampson or some of those people from the, particularly the really early episodes where I had no idea what it was that I was trying to do and check back in with those guys and see how their life has changed. How important to you is philosophy in representing, because uh, I think that one of the great parts of the show is that so many different people from completely different walks of life are represented on this show and get the opportunity to speak openly in a way that they might not necessarily get anywhere else. How important is that uh, representation to you and um, the ability for your podcast or for this podcast to speak to mental health and, and all these different issues that people face in their lives? Well, as, as you know, I think that one of the, I mean, hmm, part of it is just that I am trying to know more about the world also. Mm. So part of it is reflective of here are a bunch of conversations that I am also having in my life or that I want to have in my life. You know, here are some people who are more educated about an issue that I am interested in or, um, you know, can offer me uh, a perspective on something that I'm trying to explore myself. So I get a lot out of that. But also it's very important to me, as you know, to try to have diversity in the podcast, to try to have a pretty equal male-female representation to try to represent diverse jobs and diverse voices, like, you know, to represent voices that aren't necessarily being heard in the mainstream media and to give them a space where they feel comfortable to talk about whatever it is that they would like to talk about. Mm. Um, look, you know, we don't, we don't represent every voice on this show and we never could. Mm. And that probably, I guess if people would have a criticism around the booking of guests, the argument might be that I don't book people who I don't like. And that is true. And that will continue to forever be the policy of this podcast. If you hear someone on this podcast, I, I like them in some way. I'm interested in them in some way. Mm. And I'm never, ever going to get somebody on who I completely disagree with. I think that what's more interesting is that you get all these people on who I know or like or are connected to my life in some way. And then you get to hear the fact that there are a complete diversity of opinions on all these topics. Mm. But the idea of getting someone on, sometimes, you know, people are like, why don't you get Andrew Bolt on? Or why don't you get blah, blah, blah on? And I'm like, no, <laughs> never going to fucking happen. Yeah. It's my podcast. I have no interest in it. If I could be completely honest, I think what's ruined the, a lot of the kind of mainstream media is this idea that somehow you have a better conversation if you have two people who completely disagree with somebody. It's bullshit. It's one of the biggest lies of the media. That is all just a pantomime and a pretense. They get two people on a panel who will never agree with each other and they yell at each other for an hour and then nothing is fucking solved. And mm. they shake hands in the green room and they go, look at us dancing our little false dance for the public entertainment. That is not... Not what this pod podcast is about, hopefully, and not what it will ever be about. I, I just like to book people that I'm interested in so that sometimes people will, you know, uh, laugh at me because I, you know, my most common phrases on this are things like, oh, that's really interesting to me. I'm really interested in that. But the truth of it is, it's because I'm really interested in that. Mm. And I only book people on the podcast who I'm really interested in. And I think if there's going to be a rule, that's, that's going to forever be the rule. Yeah. 
I think, uh, look, I think it, it, it's been an absolute pleasure to work on this podcast. And as, as, uh, as a young man myself, I've gotten so much out of listening to all these different voices. Uh, l- lots of the people you've mentioned. I, well, I, do you have a favorite I, podcast, I, Mike? I, I love all of these. I've actually said to you, it, 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 I, I sit in the studio, so I feel like I'm the first person to hear these podcasts. I hear them live. And it's always an absolute pleasure to sit in because I just get so much out of just watching a conversation unfold. And a lot of people message me and say, when I listen to Willosophy, I, I feel like I'm just sitting in on a conversation, which is, I think, one of the appeals of the podcast. But I personally got a lot out of Dil Rook's episode. Uh, I, I think Dil Rook was really open about his struggles with weight and food and those kinds of things, um, which I think I, I've had a few struggles with in my life. Uh, additionally, I really, really enjoyed, uh, Carly Findlay's episode. Um, I just think it was an incredible thing to listen to. And I really enjoyed hearing her speak. Just Um, one of those episodes too, where like there are things out of that episode and I think it's the same with Schwatter and certainly the same with Clem. And one that I referenced quite a lot is Felicity Ward's episode. Mm. There are episodes where there's something they've either challenged me with or given me a bit of advice or like I'm trying to use bananas yes. now. And that's one of the, just a really simple thing at a Schwatter's episode. I'm trying not to apologize if I cry, mm. you know, to say thank you to someone for giving me the opportunity to express myself rather than yeah. to apologize for it. Uh, the Felicity Ward quote about consuming as much female made art as you consume male made art is one of those things that not only has stuck with me, but I have made a really considered and serious effort to incorporate into my life. And I found it nothing but a rewarding thing. It mm. has certainly brought, broadened my worldview just to simply go how much of what I consume is made by white men versus how much is consumed by people with different stories and the way that they look at the world. Mm. I, in, in regards to Wayne Schwass's episode as well, I, I, I actually sent him an email after that and I said, because I'm not an AFL person, I all that stuff goes over my head and I worked on your breakfast show for a brief period of time and a lot of that <laughs> AFL stuff just kind of goes over my head. Um, but, uh, you know, I just think his episode as well was a was an enormous standout to me as someone who is just able to speak openly about being a man and uh, mental health and, and being able to manage your well-being. I, I, I found that really honest and raw and it was, it was an absolute privilege to be able to, to sit in on that and, and meet Wayne. So yeah, that would have to be another standout for me. I um, have made a little list here of some uh, episodes that we've got uh, coming up that are in the can because uh, normally we try to record, normally we'll only have one or two really up our sleeves at mm. any time. Uh, but uh, because I'm going into Gruen later in the year and with the radio in the morning and a few other things. It's just, it's these, doing these episodes is, I think that part of the reason that of, of late, I feel like we've been in a really sweet spot with the podcast is that I've had a little less on my plate. I haven't been touring this year. And normally when we're doing it, you know, we're fitting it in between radio and then touring, or maybe you're doing a couple of episodes in a day. There's, you know, I am often the person who is tired going into the interview and mm-hmm. we've, uh, I've, I've cleared it out a little bit and I think that that's probably, uh, worked in our favor, but we, that means we've got to bunch up our sleeve and some of them probably need a plug for whatever it is that they were plugging in the first place. So yes. I just thought I might list 
the ones that we've already got in the can. Great. And then we can give them a little plug along the way and then you'll hear these come out over the next you know couple of months plus some new ones I'm sure that we will do. Uh, if you have not heard it yet, if you've tuned to, the, to this but you've skipped episode 100 um, because you did not recognize the name Craig Coombs, I would suggest go back and have a listen to that episode. I would agree with that. I, I, I would say that uh, sometimes I, I say everyone should listen to this episode and uh, I think there's no truer episode for that than the Craig Coombs episode because uh, that was... Absolutely incredible, and I appreciated every second of it. So I, I think... take a lot of my feedback from James Fosdyke because, of course, he listens to the episode to get the quotes out yes. for the pictures, and he'll often send me a little note when he sends the pictures, and he said that he, he was glad that uh, Craig was clear with his quotes because James was crying most of the episode. Mm. It, 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 honestly, and it, 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 he was such a lovely guy to meet as well, and the honesty that he gave us uh, in, in this room was was phenomenal, and I was... Yeah, I felt very grateful. Uh, so some other people that we have coming up that we already have in the can. I mentioned Kitty Flanagan, and I wanted to mention her in particular because she is recording her special, her DVD, her whatever you want to call it these days. Comedy special. Her comedy special. I and, don't, do they still have DVDs? I mean, I think you can still buy a DVD, <laughs> okay. but you are a millennial. Or you know, yeah. you're not even. You're uh, like just post-millennial, under a millennial, Yeah, right? something like that. <laughs> what, what are you? What no, are, 1994. Yeah. So I think I'm on the cusp of Gen Y and Gen Z. Okay. Um, right. I, but I you're know. a young person. I'm a, I, I guess so. I'm yeah. going to be 25. <laughs> Having a quarter-life crisis. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I've been doing stand-up comedy longer than you've been alive. <laughs> that, well, that's great. <laughs> Don't have to brag about it. No. <laughs> But this isn't about me. It's about Kitty's stand-up special. Uh, Kitty, <laughs> over two nights in Parramatta. So if you're in Sydney, you want to see her, it's um, sort of, uh, I think it's like August 22nd and 23rd. But go to Kitty's website and uh, look up the dates there. But it's over two nights. She's recording a special. It'll be a brilliant thing to go and see. So, And it's a we sat down for two hours. So awesome. there's a proper big full-on uh, Kitty Flanagan episode coming up. Speaking of uh, female guests, Marik Hardy, who a lot of people might remember from Triple J, of course. Uh, they might know her from her columns in The Age, yeah, the book club on the ABC. And of course, she is uh, the director of the Melbourne Writers' Festival. So Marik came over to the house the other day. Uh, really fantastic episode, but uh, check out the Melbourne Writers' Festival uh, if you're in Melbourne and you want to go and see some of those events. Faye Younger is a name that not everybody will know, but she's a legend of Australian comedy, Faye. She was in a group called Miss Itchy, who won the first ever uh, best show at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. She has now gone into real estate with uh, another ex-comedian, Jodie J. Hill, who a lot of people will know. And they're just, they've started out a little uh, company, the two of them together. So two ex-comedians who are now uh, in the real estate world. And it's a really fascinating chat with Faye about Faye was one of the first people I met when I started doing stand-up in Melbourne. So we have a great chat about the old days of stand-up, but we also talk about the idea of transitioning out of the world of comedy into a new career, and it's absolutely yeah. fantastic. Interesting. Uh, Guyton Grantley, we actually have been holding on to this one for a while, mostly because other people had things to plug, and uh, the Harry, Harry Potter Potter's... and the Cursed Child is sold out. Until... It's going to go on forever yeah. at this rate, yeah. <laughs> but uh, we should mention that Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, it's a brilliant two part play. I saw it and I'm not even a Harry Potter fan, uh, but I absolutely adored it. I loved it. And there are new tickets available for that. I think you can get a ticket to that for 
sometime in 2022 or yep. whenever it is, but there are new tickets available to that. By that time, there'll be a few more Harry Potter stories out, I'm sure. Uh, Corey White. Now, this, yes. one, this one will probably come out in the next uh, few weeks, but Corey White uh, is a brilliant uh, comedian who has one of the most brutal life stories of all time. Uh, his book is called The Prettiest Horse in the Glue Factory. It is available in all uh, bookshops now. Highly recommended. It. it is honestly a brutal, brutal story of his life through the foster care system, through being sexually abused, through his time experimenting with his sexuality, through uh, being addicted to ice. Like this tragic story, but told in a very blunt and funny and poetic way. Um, and we managed to have, I think, what I really loved about the chat was I have read the book twice because I read a proof copy originally because he wanted a quote. And then in the lead up to the interview, because it had been a few months since I read it, I, I read it again. And I, my aim was to try to have a conversation that didn't spoil the stuff that's in the book. And I was really happy that we managed to do that. So Corey White, if you want to hear him, he is also on Tom Ballard's podcast, Like I'm a Six-Year-Old, this week. And it is an excellent interview. And I can highly recommend it because it covers none of the same ground as we did, which I always love as well. That's, I guess when we were talking about it before, that idea of what's the podcast about, anytime I hear somebody interviewed and they don't go to the same stuff as we went to, that to me is the tick. Mm. You know, we, we're talking about something that isn't going to come up when he talks to Richard Feidler on conversations. Yeah. Uh, so Corey White is coming up and uh, uh, two more. There's, we've got quite a lot in the can. Yeah, the we moment. do. Uh, Simon Palomares, um, who you wouldn't have known, I think, when he no, came into the I, studio. I didn't, but I really enjoyed that one. Really fantastic look at uh, the world of, I mean, you know, Simon's somebody who was in, uh, you know, um, we're talking, you know, Wogs Out of Work back in the day, which was one of the hugest comedy acts in the history of comedy. <laughs> like a phenomenon in a way that, you know, really nothing is like that today. There is nothing that has been that successful. But then a guy who stepped away from that to explore the world of comedy. And when I say the world of comedy, like he has been to more international places, seeing how they do comedy. Some of the conversations we had around comedy in Cuba and other places were just absolutely fascinating. So that one's still coming up. He's, re he's uh, made a documentary film about that. And as soon as we find dates and places that people can see that, we'll give that a decent plug. And Last but not least, when he was back in Australia from his uh, doing some touring uh, from his time on the Daily Show, uh, Ronnie Chang and I sat down and did. Uh, he was his original episode was uh, the live one that mm. we did at Giant Dwarf as part of the Yak Festival, and um, sat down with him at home and uh, had a really great chat with Ronnie as well. So that's two months of shows that we have up our sleeve. We'll probably throw some new names into the mix along the way yep. as we go, but always working on, uh, finding new guests. And, um, th there's also an enormous, aside from the ones upcoming, there's an enormous back catalog. There's a 100 episode back catalog now of this show. Um, all of which are worth listening to. I, 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 I listened to all the ones I hadn't listened to when I put together the compilation series and they're all, they're all worth your time. So even if you don't recognize the name sometimes, just start playing it and I guarantee you, you'll get something out of it by the end, whether it's a laugh or whether it's something completely different for your perspective. I think you'll, you'll get a lot out of them. So go and listen to them. Uh, we'd like to thank everybody for listening. Uh, this was just meant to be a, a thank you really like a uh, hundred mm. episodes. We thought we should at least acknowledge it. Yeah. It seemed like something. 
Um, you know, we don't really have an office Christmas party or anything like that. Maybe we should do that. Maybe we should have a philosophy lunch or something. At the yeah, end that'd of be the nice. Year. But um, I wanted to get you in here to thank you for all the hard work you do on this show. I know that you underplayed a little bit before, but the truth of it is that the show wouldn't exist on a weekly basis if it wasn't for you, for the regular hard work you put into it, the booking of the studios, the facilitating of the yeah, me shooting you a, a message going, how about this person? How about this person? And then you going away and making it all happen in our schedules. So mm. um, I wanted to, you know, acknowledge that and say thank you very much to you. And of course, to Michael Wayne, our US producer, to James Fosdyke for doing all the art, to uh, Sam and Charlie, of course, uh, uh, we have a, th a little, little, uh, I would call it a business, but a business implies that you make some money. <laughs> we have a little uh, <laughs> dodgy hobby, hobby, hobby activity. Kind exactly. Of thing, yeah. So Charlie Clawson uh, and Sam Kavanagh, who are my partners in that little endeavor, we have a couple of other podcasts, TOFOP, uh, which is Charlie and I, and Charlie and I, uh, we've been doing that for 10 years next year. It is nonsense, but if you like a little bit of nonsense where, you know, we're willing to talk about, you know, John Wick for three hours in a row and stuff like that, then TOFOP might be the podcast for you. And I also have another podcast called FOFOP. Uh, there's nearly 300 episodes of that. That's me and other comedians. Um, there's been a couple of new episodes recently. Dave Anthony, who's previously been on Willosophy. Um, Dave and I, there's about 100 episodes of Dave and I talking on that podcast. And uh, there's been two new ones that we've done over the last couple of months. So you can check that out. And uh, Charlie and I also have a podcast to, called Two Guys, One Cup, which is an AFL podcast. So if you like your world of uh, AFL, uh, if you want an AFL podcast where... The hosts rarely talk about AFL and mostly talk about socks and theme songs and <laughs> nonsense like that. Then uh, Two Guys, One Cup might be the podcast for you. Um, and right. uh, very quickly before we go, thank thanks to you for uh, for continuing with the podcast, doing these incredible chats, which I know a lot of people get a lot out of. And uh, I personally have gotten a lot out of them. So thank you very much for the, the opportunity, the experience and uh, for, for putting the podcast together. There you go. We, we'll do another one of these at some stage because we, I sort of this at the very late, uh, late kind of stage, but maybe this is a Patreon thing because we'll, what we'll end up doing is try to look for some extra bonus content mm. to make it worth it for Patreon. So maybe once the Patreon page is set up, we might come up with some sort of way that people can ask us some questions about the podcast if people are interested in anything yep. and maybe we'll record one of these and we can put it up for Patreon subscribers. So there's an incentive to... Um, you know, sign up to the Patreon. And if you've enjoyed the 100 episodes and you feel like it's worth a dollar a month, then sign up uh, at that level or anything beyond that. And we'd genuinely appreciate that. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. If you're out there, keep spreading it around, keep rating it, all those things, because that just means more people get to listen to it. And uh, the more people who listen to it, the more capacity we have to get bigger guests on and, and to do more with the podcast. Thank you. Thanks. 